0: Hotels, they seem so much like Airbnb's hospitality industry, but are they worth it to make that next step and to go into real estate investing with hotels? We're going to learn that answer right now with Sujay Mehta here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast where we teach you all things short term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me short term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short term rentals. Here we go. <laughs> Calling all real estate investors, especially short-term rental investors, if you are looking to invest your money in owning a short-term rental, but you don't know where to buy, I have a hot tip for you. Kentucky and the Carolinas are a great place, and even with the rising popularity of short-term rentals, these markets continue to thrive. In fact, I'm looking to buy one in these areas as we speak, and I'm going to use Savvy Realty to help me with that transaction. Savvy Realty is an STR-specific real estate brokerage. Not only do they know the best places to buy in the areas that I already mentioned, but their hosts and co-hosts themselves of successful short-term rental properties, they know what it takes to turn a simple property into a big investment without wasting time or resources along the way. Whether you want to flip a house, rent your own home, or turn a brand new property into a profitable business, Savvy Realty and their agents can help you figure out what type of STR investment is right for you. Tyler Kuhn is the founder of Savvy Realty and he and his team will consider everything from the overall look to the age of the home, the distance to transit hubs, and other major factors that you may not have considered. So if you want to make sure the return on your dollar is maximized as much as possible, then follow the link in the show notes to book your next one-on-one discovery call with Savvy Realty. Hey, fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula Membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value-packed membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month. And you get access to me, my podcast guests. You get to be a part of our amazing private community. You get our full A to Z business in a box STR Kickstart course. And maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey, welcome in everyone to the Fearless Investor Podcast. Once again, you're listening to me, Kyle Stanley. And usually we're talking about Airbnb and short-term rentals. And technically, hotels are short-term rentals. We just don't call them that. And there's a lot of things that are intertwined with the Airbnb and hotel industry. Sometimes we even talk about like, oh, you know, Hotels are the competition. But what if we were to look at hotels as the next step, right? The step from managing or making a few thousand bucks to actually developing hotels or developing net worth that is just in the millions instead of the thousands or the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. That's exactly what we're talking about today with Sujay Mehta, who has been in hotels for a while, started with developing, and he'll talk about whether or not he recommends development or just buying already operating hotels, and he's going to give a lot of really great knowledge on not just is it worth it, but if it is worth it to you, what are the next steps? And especially, do you want to be the one operating them or do you want to be the one just maybe investing in them and getting all the advantages with that? So without further ado, let's go ahead and hear it straight from the horse's mouth with Sujay Mehta here on the Fearless Investor Podcast all right everyone welcome in very special guest today sujay meta and sujay you come from a different ballgame we're talking hotels today so usually i'm asking well what's your craziest airbnb story i want to know though what's your craziest hotel story you have a guest story you have a project let's hear it
1: yeah man uh one of the craziest stories i feel like everyone kind of resonates when we talk about cleaners right and whether you have an airbnb or hotels you have housekeeping, and if you have housekeeping, you have housekeeping issues. And so, one of the craziest moments or times that we had was we were we were actually sold out. Um, it was a brand new property we just opened up uh, April 2021, and COVID was still a thing. I think the vaccines had just kind of come out, just started rolling out. You know, some people had vaccines, some people were sick from vaccines, some people were sick from COVID, and you know, being in a hotel all your employees are kind of, you know, they're passing the key from one person right. to the next. And so if one person gets sick, everybody gets sick. Oh, yeah. And also during that time, it was the great resignation, right? So finding employees was a mess. And so we had a situation where we were sold out. It was a brand new hotel. So in a time where it was hard to find employees, we were hiring 1819 new employees for one property. And housekeeping was the toughest thing for us. And we were sold out. We had a bunch of people coming in at 4 p.m. to check in. And we didn't have enough people to clean about 20 rooms. And it was like, like, I think it was like noon. And so what we did was me and my GM, we hopped in the car. And we just drove around town. We'd be at the grocery stores, the local grocery stores, just asking anyone who wants to clean a room. We'll pay them $20, $30 to clean a room. And it. we literally picked people up. We took them to the property. We got the rooms cleaned and we took them back home. And so that oh was the really craziest story and definitely not going to ever do that again. And we've made sure we never have to, you know, have situations like that again. So. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. Throwing resumes out the window. Who just has a pair of hands that's willing to help?
1: Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Right. Like right. We're, we're showing them how to how to tuck in the beds as we go. We just need you just need arms and legs, so.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's a true entrepreneur though, right? Like just figuring out a solution and just going for it.
1: Absolutely. Where Where was this again? So this was in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it was in Columbus, Ohio. It's I mean, it's a great market. Uh, a lot of our portfolio is actually in in Ohio
0: right now, so. Nice. Very nice. Okay, so yeah, l- let's catch people up, right? Sujay, what, what do you do exactly? What does your portfolio look like? And then I want to kind of get into how you got into this and your backstory and everything, but just give a little bit of an overview as to what you're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little bit different than, you know, what, what a lot of people, your audience are, is probably used to used to hearing about. And so, you know, but there's a lot of synergy between Airbnb and hotels, as we discussed right before the the call as well. When you do Airbnbs, you have you have fees that you pay to Airbnbs. So what I do is, Instead of paying the fees to Airbnb, I pay fees to Hilton or Marriott or IHG, which, you know, people probably know as Holiday Inn or Best Western. And, and there's so many different brands. So what I do is I, I own the hotel. So the actual real estate is something that's owned by us, by our LLC. We own the operation. We own the cash flow, but we brand ourselves with Hilton or Marriott mm. or Hyatt or IHE. And what we get in return for that is we get their loyalty base of customers. So our marketing is kind of done automatically for us. Like, for example, you know, Kyle, if you're coming to Ohio, if you're coming to Columbus, Ohio, you're not going to stay at the Columbus Inn. You're going right. to go look for a Fairfield Inn or a Marriott or a Hilton or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever your loyalty is, whatever your experience is when you're staying in a hotel. So we have that loyalty base of customers that are regularly coming into our hotel but what it what does it cost us it costs us you know somewhere between 10 to 16 percent monthly of our revenue so we have to pay a royalty to these uh, franchises so a lot of times what happens is when we're driving down the street or you know we're, we're doing a road trip we see all these hotels on the side of the highway or in these cities we're visiting and we just assume that Hilton owns it or Marriott owns it or Hyatt owns this property, but it's actually, it's a piece of real estate and it's an asset class that typically is overlooked oftentimes. So, you know, what I do is we own the real estate, we invest into the asset class and, and me personally, I'm also an operator. So we also operate these hotels. I mean, there's options. If you, you know, if you don't want to take the headache of of operations, you can always hire a third-party management company. And, you know, if people have questions, we can go into how that works. But you know, yeah. there's, there's ways to take advantage and, you know, not get into the operations. Obviously, when you get into the operations and you're a good operator, as you know, you know, there's a lot of advantages on that side as well. So, well,
0: and that's news for me too. I, I, I didn't realize it makes a lot of sense, right? If I go into a, a Best Buy, for example, I don't assume Best Buy owns that building, but yeah. I would have actually assumed like Hilton owned that, but that's news for me. So that's really cool. Uh, so yeah. how many hotels, how many doors, What what does your portfolio look like?
1: Yeah, so um, you know we're we're buying selling, you know, we're we're investing, we are building. So we have about 11 hotels in the portfolio and then two nice. more under
0: construction at the moment. So what does that process really look like? Are you buying an already existing or are you developing? Are you doing both?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're doing both. So when we are buying a hotel it's very similar to any, any real estate that you would purchase, even a home, right? It's a residential property. Um, everyone could probably relate to that. But what do you do? You go online, you go on Zillow, you go on all these different sites where you can see listings and you're able to kind of find what is for sale, what is the asking price. You can find valuations, you can find comps yourself. And so we're, we're going on these brokerage sites. We're looking up properties that are for sale. We're looking at the 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 cool thing about doing an acquisition is that you have historical data so you have the last three years five years of financial statements that are that are there in the due diligence vault you go into that you can see how much money you're going to make how many doors there are what is the payroll expense look like and so you know we kind of compare we're always looking at deals we're underwriting every day so we know when we see a good deal we 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 can recognize it. And so, you know, j- just like you would with a house, you put you put an LOI down. If your LOI gets approved, you negotiate purchase sale agreement. And then the one component of having a franchise that may be a little bit different is you have to apply with the franchise. So You have to get approval through the franchise to become an owner. Typically, if you're going to be if you're going to hire a third party management company, it's not too difficult if you go with a little bit more of like the economy brands. So. There's Wyndham, there's Choice, there's Best Western. A lot of first-time buyers can get approved with those kinds of brands. If you're with Hilton, Marriott, I.G., I mean, they're gonna do a little bit more of a, a deeper dive into your history, who you are, do you have real estate, you know, experience, and then you know, they may even ask you to, for your first year or your first two years, to partner with a third-party management right. company, right. Uh, just so you also learn, and it's a partnership. And that's the beautiful thing about this is, you know, Hilton and Marriott and IG and all these brands, they're just as invested into your success. Maybe not just as invested, but they're slightly invested into your success. Yeah. Um, you got to keep the doors the one, open
0: so they can keep making money, right?
1: Exactly. And the more money you make, the more money they make. So, yeah. you know, there is some symbiotic relationship there. So,
0: cool. So, most people, right, that are listening right now, they're used to, Us talking about owning an Airbnb, arbitraging an Airbnb, talking about, you know, depending on where they're located, probably making like per door $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month if it's really a crazy nice one, you know, more than that. But the whole thing that we want to talk about today, right? Jumping into hotels, is it worth it? Because what we have, everyone here is like, well, I've already committed to doing short term rentals. The whole hotel thing, I get it. I get the connection. You know, there's hospitality, but it feels like a whole new ball game. So if I'm really going to make that jump, Suji, I need you to convince me, like, is this really worth it? Break down some deals, break down some numbers, like really sell me right now. I want to hear from you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the beautiful thing about owning a hotel is that, and I always say this, but it's it's a business plus real estate. And so it's similar to Airbnb, right? So Airbnb is also a business and you're seeing that cash flow every single day. But what you have with a hotel is you have 80 or 100 Airbnbs under one roof. And so typically what we see is when you scale that much, you're not able to to kind of take advantage of such a high cash flow. But what happens is, you know, with multifamily, cap rates are three and a half. To five and a half percent depending on are you looking at class a or class c assets but with hotels your cash on cash return is somewhere between eight to fourteen percent cash on Mm. cash return Mm. plus you're doing you 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 know you have your pni payment so you're paying your principal down on the mortgage so over 10 15 20 years you're paying down your loan plus it's it's real estate all of a sudden so real estate is appreciating so You know, an asset that we bought in 2018, it's inherently worth way more today in 2023, just because cost of goods have gone up, the cost of construction has gone up. We call it replacement cost. Replacement cost has gone up significantly. I built a hotel back in 2016 for about five and a half to six million dollars. That hotel today is worth ten million dollars. Wow! I mean, it's there's no way that you can build a 90 room hotel. For six million dollars in today's world, it's impossible. Today, you know, it takes anywhere from you know one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty thousand dollars per door to do one of like the upper scale hotels. And so, you know, the beautiful thing about owning a hotel is you have that cash flow that comes in every single year. Again, somewhere between eight to fourteen percent, which is fairly high, and you're able to syndicate it because. There's enough margin for you to have investors, mm. for you to have partners, for you to be able to pay yourself and give enough return for your investors that it's worth it for them to invest into. And then on a five, seven year exit, you can underwrite for a million or $2 million exit on top of what you bought it for. And, and, and that's even without a huge like value add component. Yeah. To it. So I, I mean, to be honest, if you love Airbnbs, there's no reason you shouldn't love hotels. Because it's a hundred Airbnbs in one location, you can go to one place and you can take a look and you can inspect all your, you know, all your place, you know, all your units or whatever you may call it, and you have one GM that's that's overseeing all of it. So it's really a way for you to scale and scale up and get to the next level.
0: So before we go into like what those next steps look like, right? You've talked about bringing in investors, and you know, to me, like you know, the concept makes a whole lot of sense, right? 100 Airbnbs under one roof, fixed costs, and you can check them all at once. And management's probably a little bit simpler than having 50 scattered across the, the city. But, you know, let's be honest, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And there's a yeah. reason that only a few people out there are actually doing it. The successful people are willing to do the things that most people aren't. So before we get into like what those next steps are, take me back to pre-hotel, sujay what were you doing what did you think life was going to look like and why did you jump into hotels what was really attracting you to that
1: yeah absolutely so you know pre-hotel sujay i was you know i was a science guy i was going to be a you know i wanted to be a doctor well slash my parents wanted me to be a doctor right and i i love my parents they've supported me my whole life but you know they they worked so hard you know they came from india and they had worked so hard their whole life and they wanted me to have you know a, a good base income, job security, all those things. And and it just made sense for them to push me into becoming a physician. And, you know, I I also enjoyed it. I liked it. So I graduated neuroscience from Ohio State. And then I I did a two-year kind of like hiatus. And I did a philosophy program and really made me think about, you know, what do I want in life? And Mm. I decided at that moment that I didn't just want to become a doctor. I wanted to do something impactful in society. And I wanted to leave a mark on society. And so I, I started to think about how I wanted to do that. And I'm a big sports guy. I love cool. football. I love basketball. I'm a Lakers fan, you know, Mamba, Mamba mentality kind of thing. <laughs> but Kobe, so Kobe's whole thing was like, inspire great, greatness in the next generation. Mm. For me, I was looking at the world and, you know, I wanted to think about what kind of world I want to leave once I had passed, right? So, and for me, it was, I, I felt like there was a void of values. And so I wanted to instill values into the next generation. And that was my goal. And so the first thought was, you know, I should become a teacher, right? But then, you know, unfortunately teachers in in this country don't get get paid (laughs) enough. And so then I thought, okay, why don't I do real estate, create some sort of passive income for myself, and then I can go back into education, you know, relate it with sports, maybe start some sports camps and instill values through sports into the next generation. Mm -hmm. And so that's really kind of how my thought process went you know, wanted to get into real estate. My, my dad, he had done some land development projects and then he actually got into hotels. And so my, my dad got into a hotel industry and no experience in the hotel industry, you know, no formal education in the state. And he was able to penetrate that veil. And because of my exposure with him, I, you know, I, I, I understood the hotel industry. I understood real estate. And I realized that, hey, you know, like this is the way to go right? So um, I actually opened up a few addiction rehab facilities Wow. on the side, um, had an exit from there, and then went straight into development. So my first hotel deal was a development deal. I I don't recommend doing a development deal as your first hotel deal. Why is Uh, that? Because, you know, like the beautiful thing about development is when you do ground up real estate, you can design it however you want. You can make it efficient. You can decide, hey, Let's let's spend an extra 20K here, but it's going to help us so much in our operations. You know, we did a concrete construction building that had some like insulation inside of it. It's called ICS. Um, So that was our our design for this. And it was supposed to help us on, you know, our energy costs and our insulation. It was supposed to cut our utility costs down. But the amount additional that we paid for it, I don't think it's a one-to-one savings. And so if we were to do it again, we probably wouldn't do that. But you would understand all these things if you... If you do an acquisition, you run a hotel, you understand where are the efficiency factors, where you know if I were to design this myself, I would have a a little bit of a bigger office or I would have a bigger employee workspace or I would have a smaller public bathroom or you know I I would I would put the water fountain this way or this way. And you can really like you can get creative with it, but you have to understand what you're doing first. Yeah. Or, you know, if you if you haven't done those like walkthroughs, haven't sure. gone through the management hardships, then it's hard. Like One thing that we did was we have laundry chutes at every single one of our floors. Why? Because we don't want our housekeepers to waste time taking the linen back mm. down into the elevator and then giving it to our laundry person, right? And if they, if they don't waste that time, then all of a sudden our laundry person might be waiting for linen and now they're wasting time right? Yeah. So 15 minutes every day that adds up. And so instead we had laundry shoots where they could just stuff it down the chute. It comes straight down. And everyone's efficient. Everyone's able to do what they need to do in an efficient way. So things like that, it's small things like that, that we can really
0: focus it's on. experience, That's right? You, you know stuff. you know what your staff needs. And when you're developing something for the first time, you can only guesstimate what, what they might <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: And I mean, another example is curbs. So one thing we had with the curbs at our first property is, you know, like the curbs uh, for the parking lot, a lot of times they're like this, right? More square shape. Right. I was kind of like, you know, it it was a slope. And so a lot of times what we realized was cars were going straight into the grass and then killing the grass, you know, right above the curb. And Mm. so we wanted to make sure that the next one that we did, we had more of that square shape. Right. And and not that curve, that slope. Interesting.
0: the little things man
1: all things little things and again it's not going to make or break the property but you know it just helps if you can yeah if you can have that wisdom
0: all right listen up if you are not using price labs you are literally throwing money in the trash dynamic pricing is a must in our industry if you don't know what that is dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing when demand is high price labs will get you high price bookings and when demand is low it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short-term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs. So one day I just said, "You know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to try this thing out." And immediately my income went up fifteen to twenty percent on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash Pricelabs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership. That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. When so you know, this development deal, though, you know, obviously you say, hey, I, I probably wouldn't go and do that again for my first one but i can't imagine how much you learned from that and how much that probably propelled you to the next deals can you just maybe just walk us through a little bit of the numbers and the process and what that looked like for your first deal
1: yeah absolutely so our first deal it was about a six million dollar construction we got creative with it so we were able to buy a four acre lot we spun off the first two acres in front of the property because now you have a hotel. So, you know, it's going to be four stories. It's going to tower over everything else. So, we strategically, what we did was we created two additional parcels for the first two acres in front of our property. We only need two acres to build a hotel. So, the two yeah. acres in front, we parceled those off into two separate parcels. Then we sold one to Burger King. Whoa. And then we sold another one to Tim Hortons. But Tim Hortons hired us to build the property so we built the building we leased it out to tim hortons and then we we did a whole like land lease so we sold at like a five cap or six cap or something like that it was a 20 year lease with tim hortons and so we were able to bring down the cost of our development significantly by flipping those two parcels of land and so and then the 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 great thing is we still have great visibility we have great frontage off the street because we tower over these you know, one story buildings. And so, you know, we still have that great visibility and, you know, we didn't lose anything by doing that. And so that was our first deal we cash flowed day, you know, first year we were cash flowing, it took a few months to ramp up, but you know, in a quick few months, we were able to do profit distributions, which is kind of unheard of. Usually when you do development projects, you want to underwrite for about two years of stabilization. Before okay. you can really start uh, doing profit distributions. But luckily we were able to profit distribute year one, even on our second development, same story. It took a year, but year one, we were able to do start doing profit distributions. And it, you know, th- the beautiful thing was we we designed it the way we wanted to. So it was mainly mm. efficient for us to manage. And because of this, you know, strategic flip of the two parcels that we did, it basically wiped out our land costs. So our land was wow. just free. With the profits that we got from That's the parcels. So, you know, we were able to we were able to build it for really cheap. And you know, we're probably our mortgage is probably uh close to what we would have paid for a 20-year-old uh hotel and said wow. this is brand new. So and then the other great thing about a brand new development project is there's no renovation costs for 10 years. Yeah, you, know, you don't yeah, have to worry about right. it at all. So there's no there's no value add, there's no capex, there's nothing you need. And Then the other thing is like most people are probably wondering, you know, how do you make sure that it succeeds? The beautiful thing about having a new hotel is you just have to steal the business, right? So when five hotels around the block are all doing $2 million of business, inherently when they see a new hotel come, I mean, when I'm traveling and somebody asks me, am I staying at a 15-year-old, you know, Hilton or a brand new Marriott? I'm staying at the Mm -hmm. brand new Marriott. Am I staying at a 15 year old Marriott or a brand new Hilton? I'm staying at the brand new Hilton. It doesn't matter. Right. So, so, you know, as long as we take, you know, 10, 15, 20% from the five hotels around us, then, then we're stabilized. I mean, we're going to be okay. So um, then it comes down to, you know, the, the, the simple things that you, you talk about all the time, which is, you know, making sure that, you know, service is there. Our reviews. We're responding to our reviews, and we're right. we're paying attention to our reviews. If someone says, "Hey, you know, whatever," like we found dust in this corner. I mean, tomorrow we're going in and we're having a housekeeping meeting. You know, what are we doing? Are we are we making sure that every corner is clean? You know, so so things like that. And then you know, we do we do really creative things where you know once in a while what we'll do is we'll hide something in the rooms and it's a it's a prize it's like a a gift card or something that's in a corner of the room and we'll see if the the housekeepers are looking you know under the bed or behind yeah. the desk or whatever and you know if they are they'll find the gift card so you get creative with it and that's really the fun of being in the management side you can you can do these cool things and uh and it's fun so but yeah anyway so going back to it typically, you know, it's a $2 million investment nowadays for a new development project. I say about 10%, you know, cash on cash return at least is what you should underwrite for. So after debt service, typically you want to see about two dollars to $300,000 of free flowing cash flow that's coming back and that's going to be distributed, you know, to the partners or however you want to do it. And then on top of that, you are doing your mortgage payment, but that's kind of our um, under promise over deliver. So we don't, we never count that. We never count the principal payment as uh, profit when we do our underwriting. That's sure. kind of our backup, you know, it's in our back pocket. We're not seeing that money anyway, so let's not count it. And then at exit, we're going to be able to recapture that equity pay down. So,
0: so is that your big payout, the, the exit or the, the equity? Or are you like what does what your cash flow essentially look like during a, a year as well?
1: Whenever I do deals, and there's different strategies, same thing with Airbnbs and you know no, and multifamily, no matter what asset class you're in. But for me, when we purchase a property, you know we underwrite for 10, 15, 20 year hold. We're gonna purchase this property if we're okay keeping it in the portfolio for 15 years. Why? Because there's so much cash flow to it. And so again, that that 10, fifteen percent return, that's really the value of owning a hotel. And then obviously, you know, when you exit, you're going to have a great exit. If Mm. investors want, you know, a five year out, we can always refinance it and cash out. And now all of a sudden it's unlimited ROI or you can buy out your investors and everyone can structure it a little bit differently. The way I do it is, you know, I underwrite for a 10, 15 year old. Uh, I tell my investors, if you want out after seven years, we can refinance and we can cash them out. And then it's up to them if they want to keep the money in or take it out. But for me, like i you know, it's a long-term game. Real estate is a long-term game. They're building blocks to a foundation to a yeah. better future, and it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not GameStop or AMC. It's yeah. not those kinds of things. Um, and I mean, we we invest in Bitcoin and all those things, right? But yeah. real estate is is our bread and butter, and that's it's a long-term game. And sometimes you have great, you know, exits. Sometimes you have slow economies, and then it bounces back up. So. And even when we underwrite for like the 10, 12 COVID, I mean, oh yeah, we, we we're greatly affected, right? But Damn. 2021, we crushed it. Right. So average, we still hit our top 10, 12%. You know, uh, we, we actually surpassed it because 2021 was great.
0: Yeah. That's that's actually a good question, right? Like a lot of Airbnbers we've seen like, hey, 2020 sucked, 2021 was pretty awesome, 2022 was really awesome and then towards the end of 2022 things kind of slowed down have you guys seen a similar trend in the hotel industry
1: yeah yeah for for us actually 2021 was was really awesome because you know people were just tired of staying at home and they just wanted to get out but still didn't feel comfortable flying so what they did was they drove and when they drove even they would just pull off the highway And just stay at our properties, things like that. So um, we were able to also take advantage of those moments where Airbnb, I feel like it's a little bit harder. It's not typically like a last minute booking that you would see or somebody just come into the door and check in. You you don't don't have walk-ins at Airbnbs, whereas we have walk-ins at our properties. So 2021 was really awesome. 2022 was great as well. And 2023 so far has been mixed. Some of our properties are still growing year over year especially our new development properties um, as they're stabilizing they're still growing a couple of our properties especially you know some of the ones that we've had in the portfolio for a little bit longer we're seeing that 2 to 3% slowdown and so it's still it's still above 2019 numbers luckily for us but the year over year growth has slowed down and it's not as much as it was before so Okay
0: got it so all right, here's here's some of the things, right? Again, just going back to what we're answering today, is it worth it? I'm hearing management can be simpler because it's all under one roof. Controlling your costs is another. Getting into uh the idea of building wealth, right, and and real estate and you know, I've heard the millions rather than the hundreds of thousands or the tens of thousands, like we talk about in Airbnb. So at the end of the day, the the biggest differences outside of the hospitality side of it are, to me, it sounds like the investor and getting the money and finding a deal. So take me through just maybe some next steps. If I'm sitting here, you know, drooling at the mouth of like, I need to go get a hotel, right? What are those next steps for just being able to get a deal and find the money to be able to fund that so I'm not coming out of pocket or I'm not having to come out too much out of pocket?
1: Yeah, so the cool thing, the cool thing about hotels, again, mm-hmm. Is um, so th- there's a lot of advantages, and one of the advantages that we didn't talk about is the huge tax benefit. Mm. Um, mm. So there's huge depreciation capture that you can you can really take advantage of, and a lot of times that's a huge selling point for investors. The other selling point is it's operationally heavy, and so if you can convince someone that hey, why do you want to invest into you know XYZ properties, like even residential, you know, single family homes. Why do you want to do that, right? Like why do you you have a great tech, you know, tech job that's paying you 100, dollars 300,000 a year. Why do you want to take the headache of oh my 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 AC broke or right. uh, you know the heat the heat's not working. All these things, right? So with hotels because it's it's high cash flowing one and two because there's that operational component, we as operators or we as sponsors, we can take advantage of that and have that as our selling point. And hmm. we can get people to passively invest with us. So that's one way. So raising capital, raising capital is one way that you can get into hotels fairly easily. Cause you know, two million dollars sounds like a lot, but those are the $10 million properties or you know, nine million dollar properties that we're working on, two and a half million dollar raise, three million dollar raise. But you know, to start, you can get a hotel for four million or five million dollars. Hmm. That's that's a million bucks. That's ten hundred thousand dollar investors. When you break it down, and then maybe you want to invest some of your own money into it, right? So all of a sudden, that starts decreasing the capital raise that you have to do. So one is kind of break it down, make it simpler. Twenty, fifty thousand dollars investors, or ten hundred thousand dollars investors. So that's one way. Another way is seller financing. So all mm. the financing, all the arbitrage, all those methods that you guys use in Airbnb's on a regular on a regular basis, you can also use in these other asset classes. And that's a beautiful thing about real estate, right? Like all of these strategies, it's a puzzle, right? Like it's, if we've played Catan, there's so many ways to win. You know, you can get longest road, largest army, you could build hotels, you could build houses, you could do all these things. You just gotta get to 10 points. You gotta figure out how to do it. And one strategy that works for Airbnbs could also work for hotels. You just gotta get creative with it. And so seller financing is, is something that, you know, even we've used before. It's a great way. Again, there's there's creative ways to negotiate it. One thing you can say is, you know, because a lot of times people own these hotels for 10 years before they sell it, and they're going to recapture a lot of their equity pay down at the time of sale, you can say, hey, give me a $400,000 seller finance. I mean, who cares? They're cashing out four or $5 million. $400K is not a big deal for them. And so you tell them, give me 400 k of seller finance, and you don't have to pay taxes on that today. You can spread that over the next two years or the Mm. next two years. So there's ways you can have those conversations. You can negotiate. You can get creative with it. So again, seller finance is one way. You know, there's there's always, you know, when you get into debt, uh, there's creative ways to get debt. So there's hard money loans that, you know, we can tap into. There's, you know, SBA 7A loans that you can look into. Because it's a business, you can go SBA route, maybe even put, you know, 20% down, 15% down. I know somebody, he's a mortgage broker. He helps people get 10% down. A- another option is, you know, because there's such, so many expenses, you can come in, buy a hotel, decrease the expenses right away, instantaneously. And, and all of a sudden, your NOI increases by $70,000. Now you can refinance that in 12 months. Mm. You refinance it, pull out the capital, yeah. pay people back, and now it's, it's free, right? Like so
0: Marina a hotel. Yeah, exactly. Right. So,
1: and all these methods are applicable to hotels.
0: And yeah, I mean, that that makes it so much more like bite sized, right? Like what you're talking about is no different than a single family home that I could go and have a discussion with an owner on. So, that's awesome. That makes it a lot more like attainable, I think, to a lot of people listening right now. What about just finding the deal though? I can't go on zillow.com and find a hotel. Right. (laughs) Where am I finding these deals? So it's, it's
1: ironically, it's as simple as that. You just go, to, go to Google. Everyone is listening. Go to Google right now and just type in buy a hotel or hotels for sale. And you will find, you will find a hundred sites where there's hotels listed. It's just not your everyday go-to sites where, you know, like we're always on Zillow, even sometimes I'm driving through a nice neighborhood and I pull up Redfin or Zillow just to see the value of the homes around it and stuff. So you're seeing these things every day. These sites you're not seeing so much every day. And oh. and now with now with all this technology, I'm sure all of our Instagrams are gonna
0: show you hotels for sale. Yeah. I, I, I just Googled it. So here's a few for you Loopnet, Crexty, x Bizben, City Feet, BizQuest. Any of those sound? Yeah, like all of them. All lights? of
1: them. Yeah. VRE is another one. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so many sites. Marcus Milchat.
0: And are when when you have that, you know, I, I go in, let's just say LoopNet. Am I typically talking to a realtor, a manager, or am I usually talking to the owner?
1: Yeah. So typically you're going to talk to a listing agent. And the way it works with a lot of commercial real estate is a lot of times because these, these sites have such a big reach, they don't always co-op with a buyer's agent. And so typically you you'll be talking directly to the listing agent they'll make you sign a confidentiality agreement and then they'll give you access to the due diligence mults, or, or uh, you know whatever financials that are available and you can go through the P&Ls you can go through something called a star report STR report and so you can go and kind of see what what's going on in the market hmm. trends how the hotel is performing it, they'll have comps there. If there's a renovation that's needed, a lot of times if it, they're franchise hotels, Hilton, Marriott, those hotels, those the franchises will come in and give you a punch list of items that you need to do to renovate the the property. So it's you know you don't so much have to decide. They just tell you hey, you you have to replace you know the furniture, the lamps, or the carpet, or the wallpaper, whatever it may be. And so it it makes their decision a little bit easier in that sense.
0: Cool. All right. So I'm either listening to this right now and I'm like, all right, I want to go and figure this out and do one of these. Or I'm like, no, I don't want to figure this out because like Sujay said, I'm the busy working professional. I'd much rather get the tax advantages, not worry about the operations. Let me give my money to Sujay. Either way. Um, how can people get in contact with you for uh, next steps?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the easiest way is to just shoot me a DM on Instagram. So my Instagram is sujmeta, S-U-J-M-E-H-T-A. Shoot me a DM like, you know, I'm passionate about, you know, real estate, about hotels. And worst case, even if you don't want to get into it and you're happy with your, your Airbnbs and stuff. Airbnbs are great, by the way. You know, Even I'm looking into investing into them passively with with great people you know like yourself like tj and you know it's it's always something that you can learn from these different asset classes so worst case when you underwrite deals when you look at pnls when you have 20 minutes and you just you just do these things you're going to learn a lot um and you can apply it to your own business or you know your
0: own you know real estate investments that you're doing yourself so that's awesome. So Suj Meta S-U-J-M-E-H-T-A on Instagram. What is, before we end here, Sujay, and before we keep it here in the six-figure formula, answer any questions from our students here, uh, what is the number one piece of advice? We just went over a lot of stuff. We just went over a lot of ideas. But if I'm ready for this, what's the next big piece of advice that you would give to someone for them to take the next step?
1: Ooh, all right. Biggest piece of advice... I would say, and and it's it's a little bit cliche, but don't be afraid. You know, a lot of times we psych ourselves out. Uh, again, I was a neuroscience major. I came out of undergrad not knowing what ROI was, not knowing what cap rates were. So anyone who's listening is probably already, you know, years ahead of I, where I was when I started. And, you know, just don't be afraid. You know, life is too short. Don't psych yourself out. Just jump into it. Get your feet wet. Start calling brokers. and. Once you have one bad conversation with, with a listing agent, you're going to learn from it. And the next one that you're going to do, you're going to know a little bit more and you're going to know a little bit more and six months down the line, you're going to impress yourself. And so, you know, one thing like Kobe, Kobe, Kobe's my mentor, right? So one thing I've always learned from Kobe is, is the greatest like fear at the end of our life is to think about what my potential was and not beating that potential. Mm. Your only competition is yourself outpace your own potential outpace you know what what your ceiling is, and break that ceiling every single day. So you do that every day, and you're gonna get there, no doubt.
0: That's good man, that's awesome. All right, Sujay Meta, thank you so much for jumping on here and helping our audience conquer the world of hotels. And we're gonna once again keep it here for the six figure formula group to get all their questions answered. Awesome, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. All right, go connect with Sujay on Instagram again, Suje Meta S U J. M-E-H-T-A, that's where you can get connected with him, DM him, and uh, he's an open book. So if you want to learn how to do it yourself, reach out. If you want to invest with him, reach out. That's the best way for you to take these next steps. And if this is something that you're serious about, right, I would recommend, even if you're like, yes, hotels first, well there's still experience, right? There's still this management that you have to uh, obtain. And I'm telling you, if you have some Airbnb experience, not only is that going to help propel you in this business, but it also help you with a lot of investors who are saying, hey, what is your experience in this? And, And that's a very easy next step to be able to sell investors on investing with you if you have that Airbnb experience. So that's still my recommendation. If you're ready to get into hotels, if you already have Airbnb experience, you're good. If not, get some Airbnb experience first. All right. We'll see you next time here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called the Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.